All right, all right, all right, y'all. Welcome to Sports Freak University. If you're a fan of the Sports Freak podcast, this is a college college option for all of you college fans out there. We talk about college prospects. We do mock drafts. We talk about the guys coming out in the draft. We help you get a better understanding of the guys coming from the universities to the pros. And uh, let me let me just introduce uh, this this lovely panel of of gentlemen. Uh, representing different conferences in the uh, in college, and um, we're gonna share our expertise. So we're gonna start left to right. We go, my guy Jake Vogel. You can start off with Jake Vogel. Vogel, uh, Jake, tell him about you. How are you guys doing? Uh, obviously, we are all Ravens fans here. I'm also a big UGA guy. Um, so I was happy to see the the national championship this year, and I'm I'm gonna have lots of information for you guys about. Um, the the national champions uh in georgia and some hopefully some sec ball and um kind of a general overview of of the draft at every position that we dive into so um I, i'm very in into the draft every single year it's my favorite time of the year so uh hopefully i can bring something to you jake where where can, where can people follow you at or are you on twitter yep yeah, definitely on Twitter. I'm very active at real Jake Vogel. Just spelled like my name down there without the space. Oh, easy to find me. Uh, go ahead, Coach. Got Coach to my right. What's going on, everybody? Hey, thank you guys for having me. Uh, Matt, really appreciate this outlet that you have. Uh, I'm happy to be here. I, too, will be representing the, the SEC if you guys can see my uh, my hoodie, I'm a SEC uh, West guy, an Auburn Tiger fan. Uh, I too am a beloved uh, Raven fan as well. Um, so what I will be doing is doing the same thing J uh, Jake is doing, uh, but I'll bring you a little bit from uh, the uh, SEC West side of the house. Uh, so I've been a Ravens fan the whole time uh, they've been around, um, and I'm also a, a retiree, a military retiree. So. And also, Jake, um, I'm sorry, coach is our resident coach. Um, he, he'll be diving deeper into some film and breaking down stuff and give you giving you guys a, a coach's perspective on what a play was supposed to be or what a player was supposed to be doing on any given play. Uh, coach, why don't you tell them how they can find you on Twitter? All right, so I changed my name to my Twitter handle. It's a uh, war underscore ready eight one. Uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter. You may find me in some of the meeting spaces. I probably already talked to a couple of you guys, responded to some tweets and, and so forth. So just because I coach, I'm, I don't mean I'm not approachable. So there you go. There you go. And then we got got my guy, Chris, at the bottom. Go ahead, Chris. What's going on, fellas? Glad to be here with you guys, chopping it up about some prospects. So, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready to get, dive into it. Chris, what can they find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at uh, Chris Just Joking. There you go. Right at the bottom. You can see it uh, right under his uh, his video. And then we got my guy, Vic. Tell him what you're doing, man. Uh, my name is Victor. Uh, big Pac-12 guy, but I'm a USC fan. So hopefully uh, with uh, Lincoln Riley coming through, he'll, he'll change that program. You probably have a Pac-12 in the, in the top four next year for competing for a championship next year or one or two years from now. But yeah. All uh, right, right. And then you have myself, Matt. Um, you can find me on Twitter at has H A Z the Truth, T-H-E Truth, T-R-U-T-H. 
um, University of Maryland alum, uh, big Ravens fan and lover of all sports, uh, especially football. Um, you know, love the Terps, uh, love the ACC, love the Big Ten. Shoot, I love it all. Um, I just like watching. I just like watching and talking in sports and talking football. Um, some of us either coached or played the game, and so that's where our passion comes from. And we try to give you a little bit more of a of a uh, insider's perspective on on different prospects because we there's thousands of kids that come out in the draft every year, and for most fans, you you don't really know who's who unless they're the like the top guys that the major uh networks talk about right so what we're going to do is just try to educate the casual fan you know we're going to be here to educate you and, and give you an idea of who these guys are that's coming out of the draft so that way when you're watching in april you'll be able to have uh some inside info thanks to the sports freak podcast sports freak university so today um well what we're going to do with our show uh, just starting out, this, this is our uh, first show. So thank you, everyone who out there who will be listening through uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts or watching on YouTube. We do appreciate you. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and follow. Um, so today we're going to do uh, position breakdowns. Uh, today we're going to do cornerbacks. So we're going to do cornerbacks in the draft. We're going to do our top five corners. Each of us have our own top five. Um, you may hear some similarities in these. Uh, but we all have our own different opinions, and we're going to talk about the guys we love in this draft, and then we'll break them down for you. Uh, let's start with uh, let's start with uh, Jake, Jake SEC guy, Georgia dog. Since you're the national champ, and you know you're holding a title over there, uh, I think we should start the show off with you. Uh, go down on your list of your top five guys, and then you know you can break them down one by one. You're mute. This, yep. There you uh, go. I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here with with my list. Um, I just want to mention to everybody: this is January. The draft doesn't roll around until April, so some of this is going to change. Um, not only for me, but for the rest of the guys in here. Uh, so, with that being said, my number one corner that I've watched is Andrew Booth. Um, I love the player. He's very physical. He has good ball skills coming out of Clemson. Um, he is savvy as he gets in the screen game, in the run game. He He's basically um, a heat-seeking missile out there. Uh, so I absolutely love him as a prospect. To me, he fits Baltimore super well. Mm -hmm. uh, I would be surprised if he's there at 14, and, and we'll get into all of what we want for the Ravens. Um, I'm definitely going to be hoping for offensive line first and foremost, but as we get into the best player available, when, when you're looking at defense, he's going to be very high for me. Um, second down the list is Derek Stingley um, out of LSU. I have not really sat down and watched his tape yet, so it's not necessarily fair to put him there, but um, we'll dive into that more as we go along. He's just, you know, kind of at the top of the consensus boards. Um, there's some health concerns. Also, you know, his, his tape – or his his grades um, playing corner have have gone downhill since his freshman year a little bit. So uh, that's why he's not number one for me. Uh, that could also um, change, as I mentioned. Third, Trent McDuffie out of Washington. 
Uh, sample size is still a little small for me on him, uh, but I really like the ball skills. They play a lot of zone coverage. Uh, he seems to have good enough size for the position, and he's also very physical in the run game. That's going to be a consistent theme for me out of the corners that I like in this group. The guys that are, are coming downhill, playing strong, tackling, because the Ravens had a bunch of issues with with tackling this year. So um, as a corner, you're going to you're gonna allow the wide receiver to catch the ball from time to time. It's about what you do when he catches it. Um, if you're forcing the ball out, if you're making tackles, that, that matters a lot to me. So I have McDuffie there. Um, number four, Sauce Gardner. A lot of people love him. Out of Cincinnati, yes, good good player. He could end up higher yeah. for me. I've only seen his 2020 stuff. I'm just getting into 2021. So I, I don't like talking about a player that I haven't done like a full eval on, but that's where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, he is also another one of those guys that, that you know, gets in there in the run game. Um, he tackles. He he has very good awareness on the field. If, if he's covering a wide receiver and the ball is going to someone else, he will switch – to uh to go towards the ball really quickly um once that ball is out so that's something that i liked about him mm. um and then next down the list is darion kendrick out of georgia he, he played at he played at clemson first and then he played at georgia i think he is a pretty well-rounded prospect um i just liked him a tad bit more than roger mccreary um and kyler gordon so gordon and mccreary round out the list of the top seven for me um, but there's so many more guys to get into. So that's my very brief synopsis. Um, Kendrick, you know, solid tackler, good blitzer, um, good ball skills for sure. Um, I think he's physical as well. He reminds me of Marcus Peters um, kind of at the top of the route. Uh, I wouldn't say um, a lot of guys remind me of, of him in that way, but um, I'm not saying he's the same guy, but just a small aspect of his game. Awesome. Uh, coach, go ahead. Give us your top five. Um, so I'm not going to give you guys a pro, uh, in detail. If we already hit on it, uh, Jake kind of has the same type of players I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sauce Gardner is my, my number one. Um, for all intents and purposes, uh, the guy ball, ball skills cannot be matched for me uh, when it comes down to the recognition and then how he attacks the ball. So, so for me, that's a definite plus. Uh, and he helps in the run game. So I definitely put him up uh, over everybody else. Um, the next one is uh, Roger McCurry for me. The reason why Roger McCurry for me is because kind of what I was talking to you guys about pregame. I can put him in the box. I can put him out on the island. He's able to do it all. Now, the, the there are some concerns about him being able to play zone uh, because Auburn don't ask him to do it a lot. Uh, for me, that's, that's a coaching type of thing. As a training camp uh, individual, one-on-one DB uh, drills, and we can kind of get him ready to go when it comes down to uh, uh, playing his own at the next level. Uh, next one is uh, he he had some medical issues. Derek Stanley uh, for LSU. Before he was injured, he was kind of like their field general. If you guys, uh, uh, the real highlights to look at, look at his tape uh, early on in LSU uh, in the championship year. Uh, you kind of see how he fit the mold. He was helping out. I know he's kind of overshadowed, by Fulton and all those other guys, but he kind of kept, he was a young guy, but he helped, he helped out when it comes down to uh, playing on those third receivers, typically in the Alabama game. Um, uh, next one is uh, I have Booth uh, out of Clemson. Uh, he, he's, for me, he is everything you ask a cornerback to be at the next level. 
the thing of it is, I think because of where he plays, he's not going to get that recognition. And Clemson kind of had a down year. I just think that people don't look at them as, as a kind of like a defensive team any longer. Now that may change uh, as the season, uh, as the uh, draft comes up. Because like I said, Jake, uh, like Jake said, this is early on. It's in January. Once he's able to show what he's able to do, because I think his change of direction is, is for me, underrated. Uh, I think that's one of the things that you don't look at when it comes down to cornerbacks. But having that quick change of direction is definitely going to be a plus. Uh, and then the last one, uh, this this pains me as a Ravens fan because uh, of the last name, Elam. Uh, Kyrie Elam, I had to give it up to him. Uh, here's the reason why. I looked, Matt, <laughs> I, looked, I, I looked at the film. I mm-hmm. tried not to put him in my overall five. Yeah. But the way he fight through the hands, it, it's, it's exceptional because now I don't have to teach him that. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and as you guys see, that's the last thing that cornerbacks don't do uh, when it comes down. They can be in position. They can jump with a, with a receiver. They can press him and all that good stuff, but they forget to fight through the hands. Mm-hmm. With Elam, he's kind of like that, that pit bull. He wants to fight through the hands. The other thing is I thought he was kind of a little bit shorter, but uh, he is, he's listed at 6'2", 6'2", 192. So that's the other thing that turned me on because I was looking at, I don't know if Matt Elam is his cousin or his brother or whatever. I think it's his uncle. Like, his uncle, okay. Yeah. So, so his uncle was registered at 5'10". So mm-hmm. if he's close to that 6'2", that's another reason why I had to put him in this particular spot. Um, and then uh, two of my notables um, would be uh, a pair of uh, DBs from Mississippi State, Martin Emerson and Jalen Green. Uh, both of those guys are, are really good in run support and they can play zone. And then on top of this, the other thing about them is they got great hip. The, the thing that, that people don't realize is like, if I don't have to get your hips ready to go to play and your hips are already fluid enough to be able to change the direction and stick onto receivers, that is a plus. That's that for me as a defensive coordinator. I don't have to train your hips to do that. So you come out of the out of the bag ready to go. So so those those guys I look for them to move up in the draft, especially because they play good in the run support. So uh, I'm I'm gonna come back to you later on uh, Elam coach because I I have some uh, I have some concerns with him. So I I just uh, definitely want to get your your perspective on on some of my concerns and see if we share these concerns. Uh, but go ahead, Chris. Give us your top five cornerbacks in the draft. Uh, who, who do you have? All right. So my first one that I have is uh, Derek Stingley. Mm. Uh, we all know the you know tremendous freshman year that he had. Uh, it's been a little bit down since then. Uh, he came back last year, got hurt, came back this year again, had to get foot surgery. But um, I think, you know, he's – probably the most gifted as far as physical traits is concerned out of all the cornerbacks. Uh, he's a guy that he plays the ball really, really well when, when it's in the air. And he's a guy that he trusts his athleticism. And, and that's something difficult that you see uh, when it comes to certain uh, cornerbacks. Like we know that when it comes to like, for example, Marlon Humphrey, we see him when his back is turned to the quarterback he's just panicking at that point and he gets real grabby and he's not too sure where the ball is. Derek Stingley, he's not like that. Derek Stingley has incredible anticipation. He seems like he knows when to turn around and attack the ball. And just the physical skill set is just tremendous. It's like, you know, you, you want a good athlete, but you also want a football player. And I think Derek Stingley is a football player too, but he's also a tremendous athlete. And his spark numbers coming out of high school were insane. I think he ran like a four, 
0.34 coming out of high school. So, you know, a high schooler running that is just out of this world. Um, my, obviously, the, you know, the injury concerns are there too, but, you know, I'm, I don't have medical information, none of us do, but I'm just going to go straight on the field and I'm going to have him as my, my number one. Uh, my number two is probably one of my favorite players in the draft, Andrew Booth Jr., a guy that, you know, he's been mentioned before by Jake and Coach. Um, you know, I, I just, I love his attitude. You know, he, he's a straight dog. Like, you know, when you say a dog, he's a dog. Mm-hmm. Like, that he's going to help in the run game. He, you know, he, he kind of brings that, that energy to the defense. And you need guys like that. And it's not just energy, but he can also cover. He can also play the ball. He has tremendous ball skills, too. And that's something that the Ravens, we all know, are lacking, is somebody who can be that that impact guy and get those turnovers. So, yes, he, I, I, yeah, I won't go too long with him because he's already been mentioned. Uh, my number three guy is Roger McCrary. Um, Roger McCrary, I see a lot of similarities between he and Tredavious White when Tredavious White was coming out of LSU. Um, uh, a lot of the things that were said about Tredavious White were, you know, he wasn't he didn't have enough length. He, he wasn't as fast. And I kind of see those same things. But when I look at Roger McCrary, he has those same that same short area quickness and those mirroring skills when it comes to just staying on the wide receiver. And like I said, this I said it a couple weeks ago on Twitter, him versus Alabama is probably my favorite tape that I've watched of a cornerback this year because he was just battling his ass off all game long. He was switching between John Mechie and switching between Jameson Williams before he got kicked out of the game. And he was going tit for tat with them. And he got beat at the end of the game. I think it was like quadruple overtime or something like that. But he was cramping too during the game. But for him to battle the way he did, like, you know, I I fell in love with him. Um, My fourth guy is Sauce Gardner. And, you know, this goes to what Jake said earlier. I've only had 2020 film to watch on Sauce Gardner. So I, I, I feel a little, it's not, it's not fair for me to put him here because I haven't watched the 2021, but, you know, we made this list going by just what we had. So this is just going off of his sophomore film. So he's my fourth guy. And what I like with Sauce is you can't teach that length. And he, his length is ridiculous. Like he doesn't have the feet that Andrew Booth has or Roger McCrary or Derek Stingley. He doesn't have that, the, those smooth feet, but what he does have is that length and that length can erase a lot of stuff. So if, when he's in phase, if he puts those damn vines up, the, the windows for the quarterback shrink so much. And it's like, you, you can't get the ball through if he's putting his hands up. And there's so many examples of that where he's in phase trying to recover and he has the right timing. Cause again, he's not a guy that panics either when the ball is in the air, he does not panic and he, he trusts himself. So, and also, like Coach said, he has tremendous ball skills as well. So, and that narrative out there, I think people just look at pictures of him and say he's not good in the run game. That's bullshit. I mean, can we curse? <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, yeah. he's a skinny dude. He's slim, but that doesn't mean that you can't tackle. Like, he he gets busy in the run game. So, uh, Sauce is my number four guy, and I, I got to copy Coach. My number five guy is Kair Elam. Kair Elam now, I love his mirroring skills. He's 6'2", but his feet, are they don't move like a dude that's 6'2". They move like a guy that's like 5'10", 5'11". 
And I was really surprised to see a, a dude that's that big at 6'2", be able to move and mirror and play man the way he does. Um, I didn't like, you know, I like my cornerbacks to be dogs, you know, in the run game and just helping out uh, when it comes to tackling. And he was not that. But just as a, you know, man-to-man cover guy, I, I like w- what he had to offer as far as his length and, and, and the way he moves. Yeah. Um, again, on the Elam thing, I'm gonna I'm get back. I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> I'm gonna get to that later. Uh, but Vic, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, give us your top five. We can. I know we can expect to have a lot of Pac-12 guys in this list. So, I've been waiting for this one. Yeah. So I know we talk about Gardner, Stingley, McCurry. Um, but to me, like, I'll keep it real short. I know a lot, uh, Chris, Jacob, and Coach mentioned a lot. They'll, they'll touch on everybody, but I'll keep it with the pack. Uh, Trek McDuffie is my number one. I think you have to start looking. I know uh, Washington and the Pac-12 are, is not getting a lot of attention mm-hmm. just because it's the Pac-12, a lot of SEC players, and, you know, salute to them. You know, they're they're all dogs. But uh, I think Trek McDuffie just, you know, he's 5'11", man. He he can play. He plays zone. He can play one-on-one. Uh, he only gave up 16 catches all season. So, uh, that's one thing that I look out for him. Uh, his size is not something that he can man up and, and just, just shut down the corner. And I'll keep it real distance. And then, you know, my second one is Kyle Gordon. I You can you can go either one, Kyle Gordon or, or Trank McDuffie, you know. Um, with Kyle Gordon, man, he, you know, he he's a tall one. Right? He's the tallest one from his pack. So he's, uh, what, six, six, six feet, 200 pounds. He can play inside or outside. Uh, so he can play, he's good at man coverage and in zone and, 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 um, he can also play heavy nickel and, and dime. So I really like Gordon. Um, so, you know, and I'll just keep it a little bit more <laughs> with the pack 12 guys, because that's, that's just who I was watching more of it. And then, you know, I'll keep it one and two and then three, I keep it with jo- uh, Jack Johnson. Uh, he, he's a very interesting uh, player. He was heavy recruiter coming off from Long Beach Poly. Played with Antonio Pierce, uh, went to USC, uh, got uh, dismissed from USC. Uh, you know, he had some, you know, some rough situations, went went to Juco, went back to, and then went to Arizona State, played with Antonio Pierce out there, defensive coordinator. He might be one of the oldest from the group coming in at 8 to 24, but, man, he's a dog, man. 5'10", he, 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 he flashes excellent ball skills, threats to score with the ball. He can take it all the way. He's a competitor for toughness, man. I really love him. Uh, he doesn't shy away from any challenge. He he'll he'll get anybody from the six two, six three. Then, you know, just he's a dog, man. Um, you know, he'll he'll be attending the East and West Shrine game. So uh, hopefully his stock and he'll he did get a better to the NFL combine as well. So I'm really excited for him for to come out. Um, also, Mikael Wright. Um, you know, this guy he's another sh- short one, five eleven. 190, play a lot of special teams out there. Uh, he had 46 tackles this year and 19 assist tackles. You know, he forced some fumbles and one interception. He's good uh, in the opposite side. He's a very good – He's a, he can climb uh, the ladder, disrupt the catch and deep fades into the end zone. I know a lot of people are going to look at the Ohio State. He did go against Chris Olive, Oliva. And, you know, it was a one-on-one matchup on him and him. So, uh, yeah, that, that's it for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, man, I mean, you know, 
First of all, let's just give a round of applause to, to Vic with that gem on Jack Johnson. See, this is why you tune into this podcast, because you're going to get information and inside information on guys, not just your high profile guys, but guys that you may now. Now, watch how many people go run to YouTube and look up Jack Johnson because of that gym Victor just dropped. So this real, is why this quick, podcast real, is, is important because uh, go ahead, Chris. It's, uh, it's Jack Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jack Jones, I'm sorry. Yeah, make sure you get that right so Jack Jones can get his credit. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's, like a, he's like a little mini. He's like a little mini Marcus Peters. Marcus okay. Peters, yeah. Jack yeah. Jones from uh, Arizona State, correct? Arizona State, Arizona State. Arizona State. Yeah. yeah. He got a. Yeah. He. I watched his last game versus Arizona, mm-hmm. and he took a pick six all the way to the house, got the football, and threw it to the stands. And I was like, man, yeah, that's like some Marcus Peters, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He got flagged for it, but. He came a long way, man. He was heavy recruit coming from Long Beach Poly. From you know, he played with Antonio Pierce. That was his head coach. Now Antonio Pierce is in Arizona State, being the defensive coordinator. So, you know, he's a, a guy to look out for. The oldest from the pack, though. So hopefully, the combine helps him. There you go. There you go. Um, Jay Jones, if you ever watching this, man, Vic Vic's a, he 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 putting you on the map, man. He putting you on the map. So. Um, I'm gonna be real quick with my guys, man. So number one to me is Sauce Gardner for all the reasons you guys mentioned: the length, the size, the uh, the experience, and and just, I mean, the the kid hadn't given up a touchdown, and is you know he, he didn't give up in the touchdown his entire career. So I mean, you really can't. I mean, how do you argue with that, right? Like, I mean, you know how hard that is in college to not give up a touchdown when they throw in the ball eighty percent of the time. I mean that's just very difficult to do, and uh, and I was very uh, intrigued to see what he was going to look like against Alabama because you know obviously you're taking a step up in competition. I really wanted to see how he was going to do, and he he more than held his own. His team didn't win the game, but he um he was solid in that game. So I go number one, Sauce Gardner. Number two, Derek Stingley. Now later on, when you see watch our mocks, uh, Derek Stingley is a guy I actually have falling a little bit uh, out of where most people haven't projected just because of the things that the other guys stated, the injury, right? And um, he really hadn't been the same since that injury, um, you know, which was his freshman year, right? His freshman year, he was like lights out, you know, this the kid would have been in a top five pick had he come out that year. But since then, it's been a little bit of a struggle. Um, so I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of intrigued to see how he tests at the combine and, and uh, at his pro day, and uh, that'll probably help him out a lot. Um, but if you're drafting him, you're you're pro- you're banking on that you're gonna get that kid from the freshman year, and hoping that you can get that. But injuries are a factor, and so that's why I have him at number two. Number three, this one this one will make Vic very very happy. My man, Kyler Gordon, man, Kyler Gordon's number three for me. Six feet, he has the size. Again, like Sauce, he has that length, but he's super physical. You guys, when you guys, as you watch these this podcast and going forward, you'll see I like corners that are physical. I like I like uh, um, I like uh, corners that will come up and hit you and 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 are willing participants in the run game. So, uh, Kyler Gordon is a guy I definitely uh, really love, and I'm looking forward to even watching more of him and seeing how he does in the uh, in the uh, the pre-draft process. Um, number four for me is going to be Andrew Booth. I'm not, I don't even really need to get in on to it. Chris just, you know, Chris been driving Andrew Booth uh, 
you know, uh, uh, fan bust for a while now. So he he's the reason why I had to go back and watch more film and say, whoa, man, this this Andrew Bruce kid it must be the real deal. You know, he's got that size physical. Again, another physical corner. If you notice in my list, it's a trend. Physical corners, big corners to like the hit length. Uh, guys like that, um, I just I just love, man. Andrew Booth is a guy I love. Um, and Andrew Booth makes this list for the same reason why Kaye Elam does not make this list. And I told you, Coach, I was going, you know, uh, tell you, you know, he, he just doesn't. But anyway, I'm going to uh, number four. Or was it number four? Number five. Uh, is going to be uh, Roger McCray. Um, he's not as big as the other guys, but he is physical. Another another guy who's a willing participant uh, in in the run game. He's very smooth. Uh, uh, very 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 rarely gives up much separation to to receivers. Uh, he's been battle tested. Uh, I got a stat for you: seventy six targets. Uh, uh, out of 76 targets, he's only allowed 35 catches with 13 uh, pass breakups. So, I mean, the, the kid is is legit. I watched a, a tape, uh, I think it was 2019, when he went against um, uh, Jamal Chase, and he, he showed himself very well in that game. So, um, Roger McCurry is my is my fifth guy. So, uh, Kai, um, um, Sauce Gardner, um, Derek Stingley, Kyler Gordon, Andrew Booth, and Roger McCray is my is my top five. Um, so let's start breaking some of these guys down. Uh, why don't we start with uh let's start with Sauce, right? Let's start right at the top. A guy that most fans know about. You don't even have to be a college football fan. I'm sure you've heard the name Sauce Gardner. Uh, with a name like Sauce, you know, let's you know, this 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 podcast is all about sauce, man. So let's start off with Sauce Gardner. Um and uh, I want to let Chris talk about Sauce. Would you, you know, just take a little deeper, a, a deeper dive into Sauce, and um, so that we can, you know, uh, prepare everybody for the 2022 draft. Yeah. So with Sauce, um, I think he he's going to be one of those bigger boundary guys who you would want on a Mike Evans, uh, uh, a Higgins. You would want him on those kind of guys. You don't really want him on the title lockets of the world you know the Deontay Johnson's of the world because he does have a, a hard a, well a more difficult time as far as uh transitioning his hips and redirecting his weight compared to some of these smaller guys like uh, Andrew Booth or, or Roger McCrary for example mm-hmm. but uh you definitely want him on the outside um I I would I would definitely say he could play zone he could play press man uh, you could use him in those kind of ways. And uh, I, I do have some questions about his long speed. Uh, we do know we've seen cornerbacks that don't run the fastest 40 time, but you know that. So long speed, it, it's not the end all be all because look at Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman was not a fast cornerback. Uh, people want to say, you know, it was the system, but I mean, the players have to do well in that system too. So uh, I definitely think he's a guy that he, he's a tremendous cornerback. But um, I, I do worry about his long speed because there's a game um, against against Memphis where he went against uh, a senior bowl guy, uh, Calvin Austin Jr. And he had his hands full in that game. And Calvin Austin Jr. is a tiny guy. He's only a 5'9", 
like a buck 65 maybe. Mm-hmm. And he he had some struggles against him. He had some wins too, but he also had some struggles where where you see that that uh, stiffness a little bit in the hips. And uh, it was actually another one uh, against uh, UCF where uh, the, he was going up against a bigger cornerback. Uh, I don't really know. I don't know the cornerback. I mean the the wide receiver. He was going up against a bigger wide receiver, mm-hmm. and uh, he actually the wide receiver actually had him beat by like ten yards, but the quarterback dismissed him. Um, but, uh, you know, every cornerback is going to get beat. So that was just one example of where I was like, I, I would like to know how fast he is because that wide receiver that beat him down the sideline did not look like a very fast guy. And, uh, so I just, those kind of questions, but like we all said, you know, the length, the ball skills, you know, it's all there to the willingness to tackle. Uh, that 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 alpha mentality that that you're supposed to have as a cornerback mm-hmm. that you know if I get beat, you know, screw it, next play, let's let's go line it up because I know I'm gonna beat you the next time. That he has all of that, so uh, you know that I, dog, I, that I, dog I like mentality. So. Yeah, that's what you need. That's that, what you need. That is, that's exactly what you need. That's infectious for the defense. And you gotta have a short memory if you're gonna be out on that island. So, um, yep. Jake, you want to add anything to the Sauce Gardner conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Chris was spot on with everything he said. Um, I've watched, I, I want to say at least three games of him, mm-hmm. and it, I mean, every everything is identical to what he said. You know, he's going to be best um, covering a bigger wide receiver. I could see him, you know, similar to a Jimmy Smith. I've mentioned that a couple times on Twitter. Um, I think he could end up you know, later in his career covering tight ends in that way, but just like a boundary player, not, he's not going to be super successful um, against the smaller shifty wide receivers. Uh, You don't want to put him against those guys because their change of direction skills are superior to what he has. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, sauce has a ton of confidence in himself. Uh, sometimes I think he has too much, but um, <laughs> that's what that's what you want in a corner. That's what you he, want, he, right? Yeah, he has so much confidence in his abilities. Um, he, yeah, he is not afraid. Like Chris mentioned earlier, he's not afraid when uh, his he's not facing the quarterback. Like he can have his his back to the ball, and um, that's that's not an issue for him. He recovers super well because of that length. Uh, I, I like the player, um, but mm-hmm. he's a little bit lower because of some of those issues. The long speed um, is definitely a question mark for me, and he can't cover every kind of receiver. Um, you know, it, it's hard for anybody to do that, right? But gotcha. uh, yeah. Hey, coach, who? Give give me give me your favorite guy right now, out of all out of your list. Who's your favorite guy? Ask me that. <laughs> uh, so. I mean, no bias intended. It's, it's going to be sauce. No, okay. no bias. But if, if you want to ask me about bias, it's Roger McCurry. All right, let's go to Roger McCurry then. Break break down Roger McCurry for the common fan right now who doesn't know the name Roger McCurry. Why don't you give him an introduction? So, so Roger McCurry was a, a, a young player came in, kind of had the same type of mentality as Sauce Gardner, uh, all confidence not yet quite developed. Um, he developed, even with all the different changing of the coordinators at Auburn, 
Uh, you know, the defensive guys switching out, uh, head coaching change and so forth. Uh, he stayed the course, grew up uh, on the plane to the point to where he was their basically field general uh, to what he would call come down into the box and call plays for the entire defense when it comes down to that. Him and uh, Smoke Monday uh, is another guy, but he's a safety. Uh, so this guy could come down in the box, make the play because of his play recognition. It's just super crazy good when it comes down to – sometimes you think he was the offensive coordinator. It, it's just crazy. And, it, and it's not like he, he, he does it against lesser talented teams. He does it against everybody. You know, Auburn doesn't play Kentucky every week. So, uh, sorry if you're a Wildcat fan, but they don't play Kentucky <laughs> every week. That's called watching film, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and the, the other thing that I like is all that play recognition that he has, he makes it up even more with, with ball skills. The only thing is that he's not your, you know, 6'4 type of corner. Um, when, when it comes down to it, that what you're going to ask this kid to do, he can do it. And he doesn't shy away from learning. That's the other thing about it. So, so for me, the right defensive coordinator that's looking to develop him, uh, he's going to turn around and, and give you more than that. He's the type of player to say, hey, okay, cool. If we're watching game film and you're doing something, when I, when I see you do it on the field, I can translate that, make the adjustment. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, you, if you leave me backside, I, I'm not going to shy away from that either. So, so I love everything about uh, Roger McCrary. And then it does, it does help that he's probably going to run in the 4-4, four, 4-5, four, four, uh, 40 range as well. So, so with that being said, that's a plus, too, because he's not a slow guy. There you go. There you go. I, I got a question for you, Coach. Okay. Um, do you, you said they had a lot of coaching changes. Um, did they switch defensive coordinators? Mason. It, was, it became Derek Mason. Derek Mason was the, the head uh, the D.C., uh, before him, it was – I have to look and see who it was beforehand. Um, okay. But you see, it in so, the, you see it in the 2019 tape that he's he's playing a lot, like way more physical than he was mm -hmm. compared to the 2020 tape, the 2021 tape. And mm -hmm. I, I was talking to my guy, uh, Mike Crawford, a.k.a. Abukari, on Twitter, and he was like, that's a coaching thing. Because mm -hmm. you don't mm -hmm. see him play Chase Chase. Um, the hell's the Bengals guy's name? Drawing a blank now. Jamar uh, Chase. Jam Jamar Chase. There we go. Because he's going. You know, it's like a damn boxing match. Why they Why they going one on one? They're they're hand fighting so much, and it's just a physical game. And then you see him twenty twenty, and it's like they kind of have him. They kind of have the shackles on him a little bit, and you see him not really engaging like he was in twenty nineteen. So. That, it's funny you, you bring that up because you see that in his play. So, so like, um, I don't know if well, in this particular picture, they don't have it, but he has the, the basically the play call sheet on his belt in, in all the 2021 stuff that he had. So for me, they don't just give that to anybody. You know what I mean? So, so if you got one of those, that, that means, hey, you're really doing something good to the point to where, like, uh, if you look up, uh, Auburn defense, I want to say, yeah, in, in 2019, uh, Deshaun Davis, the linebacker for them, basically 120 tackles every year, just short, just super short, so nobody's going to give him a chance. Basically, like five nine linebackers. Nobody's going to take a five nine linebacker, no matter how what kind of heart you got or whatever it may be. But for, for him to pass the reins to that guy tells me a lot what I need to know when it comes down to uh, 
a linebacker had it. Now a secondary guy got it. So, hey, hey, that's a great breakdown of Roger McCurry. Um, hey, so Vic, I want to come to you. Uh, why, why don't you introduce you know the world to to one of your favorite guys, uh, your number one guy on your list? Let's talk about Trent McDuffie. Um, break him down and uh, and tell tell the viewers out there why they should be excited for Trent McDuffie to come to their team. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Trent McDuffie. Before we start, before I start with McDuffie, um, you know, to me, um, coach brought something about spe- about coaching, right? And for UFC, we had a. I thought Isaac Taylor. He's coming out, but he's not not in my list. But when Dante Williams became the head coach, his production fell off because Dante Williams was defense coordinator and secondary help. So it, it can just show how much it's coaching plays a huge part on these young cats, man. So, but yeah, <laughs> I just want to touch about that. Uh, to me, man, you know, just look at Washington. The last what fourteen years. From Deshaun Goldson, uh, Marcus Peters, Buddha Baker, uh, Sinden Jones, Jordan Miller. You saw last year, uh, Elijah Molden out there, uh, Kevin King. So to me, with McDuffie, he's coming out from a powerhouse school, first of all, man, uh, St. John. Um, and, you know, St. John Bosco is a really powerful a powerhouse here in, in Los Angeles. Uh, uh, to me, what I see with, uh, with McDuffie, uh, just as explosive, man. He has some explosives he can get there. Even though he's five, five eleven, he'll still get up those catches and start uh, and, and break them down. Um, he one thing about Kyle uh, this year, he only gave up like sixteen catches, like I mentioned earlier. Um, he can play inside or outside, and uh, cornerback in, in that position. And to me, what I want him to, he wasn't really tested this year a lot. Because, um, you know, that throughout his career. But one thing that I noticed about him that he can he can come off the bat playing special teams, so he can play in the punt return kickoff. And that's one of the attributes that I saw that he can come in and play uh, special teams right away. Um, and you know, special teams is always is the third phase that we forget in in, in football. Okay. Trent McDuffie, man, he is a um, he, while he's not the biggest corner. Uh, that we've talked about. He is scrappy and he's very, very competitive. I like that about him. Um, Jake, you, you you threw a surprise at us in your top five. Why don't you talk about Darian Kendrick? Uh, break him down. Um, tell tell the viewers why they should be excited about a, a corner like that coming out of Georgia. Sure. Yeah, hold on here. National champ, that is. Yeah, national Kendrick. champ for sure. Uh, I think he he progressed um, from from his Clemson days uh, into Georgia. In my opinion, he was a high high recruit going into Clemson, mm-hmm. um, and you just you just see him, you know, involved anytime the ball is going, you know, even to his side of the field. It doesn't even have to be his receiver. Uh, he is he's getting after it, and I think. A lot of that has to be um, a coaching thing. The defensive coordinator, uh, Dan Lanning at Georgia, who's now going to be the Oregon head coach, uh, definitely had a big role in that. And Kirby Smart as a defensive-minded guy. Um, you know, he, he gets those guys ready. So uh, I think Kendrick, you know, he's a pretty darn good player. He most likely won't go in the first round. Um, I see him kind of as a second-round dude. Um yeah, I mean, he makes plays in the screen game. 
another TFL. Um, he contests he contests uh, passes even against players that are bigger than him. And I think Kendrick has good size, but like he he comes off you know his player and contests balls that that aren't even towards um, his own dude. Um, I just have a lot of positives in my notes, not a lot of negative plays. And for every single player, uh, if they are involved in the play or uh, anything is noteworthy, I will put, you know, that it's a positive play and describe it, or I'll put that it's, you know, a negative. And Georgia, Florida, positive, 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 positive. Um, yeah. Positive. We got a negative. He allowed a catch on first down. Tough to cover. Curl route. Ball thrown low to the ground as well. So it was it was a good play by the quarterback. But other than that, just a tons of tons of positives. He had really tight coverage on the sideline. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't really know what what to say about the guy yet. Uh, I have three games done on him. Uh, some from Clemson and some from from Georgia, but what, I, I what think round would you what round would you think he would as of right now? What round do you think he might he may go? I I think he's going to be second. Uh, if if teams aren't as high on him as I am, then it maybe be like early third round. But uh, I like his game. He's he's pretty well balanced in my opinion. He's not going to be the fastest tester, but he's also not the slowest. Even out of the guys that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I question a little bit, and maybe because 2020, um, there was some injury buzz about Roger McCreary. I question his athleticism mm-hmm. a little bit. I think his back pedal is smooth, but um, his full-on speed, his change of direction, I sometimes um, see lacking mm-hmm. in, in the Auburn tape. And I think Kendrick is a similar athlete, just maybe a, a notch better. We didn't see that that same kind of injury-plagued year from him. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I kind of see him on day two. Okay. Is and one more question before we move on. Um, is he outside corner? Uh could you see him as a slot? What does he project to the next level? I'd say he's outside. Outside guy. Yeah. I, I see him as a CB two. Okay. At the next level. Uh you, you could bring him into a loaded secondary and just use him as as depth and then you know develop him a little bit more. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, let's close out with the last one. Um, Chris. Let's talk about the the the, the man who uh, has, has generated a lot of controversy around Baltimore. That's Kaya Elam. Um, why don't you talk about Kaya Elam? We can all pitch in on this one. This will be the last one for the show. And um, and we're going to talk about Kaya Elam, what we like, what we don't like about Kaya Elam, and uh, what do we project him at the next level. Uh, so the, the thing that I that I like the, the most about him is, is his ability to mirror and uh, his change of directions. Uh, that's that's probably the thing that, you know, is one of the most important things as far as cornerback play is concerned. Uh, you know, you could run fast, you could do all of that, but if you don't have good anticipation and you can't redirect and you, you can't change, you know, shift your weight uh, as far as going from one side to the other, you know, it's going to be a very, very difficult time for you playing cornerback. And he has that along with the length that goes with it too. So not only does he have the athleticism, but he also has some you know, above average physical traits as far as his length and, and his size is concerned. Um, like I said, I, I wasn't too big of a fan of his tackling and his effort. Uh, but, you know, 
that that could be there could be some some factors in that some underlying factors where it's like you know you're playing it's not an excuse but there are factors where you know you're playing for a florida team that's just you know god awful and it's like man these dudes suck like i'm doing my job these dudes aren't doing their job and you know that that's not what you want to see from a player mm-hmm. but i wonder if he gets into the right program under the right culture if maybe they can you know, get that dog up out of him and maybe we we can see a more physical player, a more willing guy in, in the run game because we have seen players who come out and who aren't the most physical when it comes to the run game. And Jimmy Smith is a prime example of that. He was not the most physical guy when it came to the run game. He, he did not want to get his hands dirty. But when you come into the Ravens, you know, that has to switch. You know, you got to come play special teams. You, yep. you, you got you to gotta earn your keep. And it took Jimmy a, a long time before he could really, you know, lock that role down as the starter. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just feel like sometimes that's all it takes is, is to just get in the right system and the right culture. But just as far as his physical skill set and what he does covering wide receivers, I, I do think there's a lot to work with there with him. Coach, he was on your list as well. What do you want to add to that? My questions would be um, injury, injury, the little injury history that he had early on. Mm-hmm. And then um, was it planned for him to play as much man-to-man that he played throughout the year? Because, because if it's man-to-man, he's a man-to-man specialist. Like, like he loves that. He thrives for that, the challenge. That's the one thing I, I, when I was watching the tape, like he would not shy away no matter who it is out there. He would, he would love the opportunity. My thing is, you know, does he realize what his role would be in a zone type of defense? Um, the, the other thing is he likes to peek around um, in the backfield and, and to, to the point to where, yeah, the ball is not thrown that away, but we know some some places that you play against, you got quarterbacks that are skilled enough to look you off. And if, you, if you're not disciplined enough to stay on your guy, then, then they can turn around and hit you with the okie doke. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, yeah, everything Chris was saying, uh, I, I agree with wholeheartedly. He he had a, a crazy stat. So uh, he was targeted 33 times this year. He only gave up 18 catches for 165 yards. So he, he's definitely really, really good in coverage. My biggest concern with him is what Chris alluded to, which is uh, which is the tackling, right? Like to me, you know, I, I told you guys, like what's important to me as far as a corner, got to be physical. You got to be able to tackle. Um, you have to be a willing participant in the run game as well as have the uh, the coverage skills. If you look at the Ravens corners, um, that's what they have. They have that ability to cover and hit and run and hit. And they, they are willing participants. Even Marcus Peters, like Chris just alluded to, that wasn't necessarily his forte. But since he's been with the Ravens, he, he now doesn't. You see him getting his nose dirty a little bit. So um, having a guy uh, that that is coming out of school. If you're not willing to tackle on that level, I'm not I'm not sure if you're going to all of a sudden develop an appetite for tackling uh, when the level of competition gets higher. But like Chris said, it all depends on the program you land with. Right. Where do you go? Who's the coach? What's the culture? Um, Because, that you know, there's grown men in that locker room and you will be held accountable, um, especially if you're a first round draft pick. If you're a first round draft pick, the expectations are going to be. Uh, for you to come in and and be the kind of guy that's worthy of that pick. So 
Um, Kyle Elam is going to be an interesting case. I, I can't wait to see how he tests during the pre-draft process. You know, what he runs in the 40, how high he jumps, which is vertical, uh, things like that. Um, but the biggest thing for him is going to be, and it's going to be the questions. It's going to be because I'm pretty sure the coaches and scouts are going to ask him, you know, about the the tackling, right? Because it's obviously, I mean, obvious. If you watch the tape, you know, there's been times where he, he shies away from the tackling. Um, so the coaches are going to probably ask that question, you know, uh, how come you was making business decisions? Um, you know, Deion Sanders say, look, you know, y'all pay me to cover, not to tackle. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what I get paid for. You know, you ain't paying me to, you know, throw out my shoulder trying to tackle a fullback, you know. So I, I respect that. But at the same time, um, you know, you got to be able to tackle because that could be the difference between – a five-yard run and a 25-yard run, you know what I mean? If you if a running back or Debo Samuel gets that edge, you're going to have to bring them down coming from that cornerback position. So um, it's going to be interesting, man. I can't wait to break these, uh, continue to break more guys down from the cornerback position uh, next week. If you like, if you like the hogs, if you like the the men in the trenches, man, we're gonna uh, we're gonna do uh, some breakdown on our favorite offensive linemen for the 2022 NFL draft. So you want to make sure you subscribe, turn on your notifications because it's gonna be a great show. Um, we've been getting a lot of tweets, a lot of questions about the offensive linemen in this draft. Who do we like? Some guys that people need to watch out for, and we can't really, we really can't wait to uh, to, to break that down. Jake, we might even bring Josh on for that episode as well because uh, he's a good friend of ours. Who, who? Uh, I mean, he he. When it comes to offensive line, he knows it, man. So it'd be great to get his expertise in on, on this. Um, but as we wrap up, we're gonna go around the room. You guys have anything you want to say? Yeah, man. Uh, check out, check me out on uh, Twitter. Chris is joking. Um, we we just put out a, a new deep cover episode on Saturday, so Sir. check that out. Um, also, uh, I do a, a little series on there called Prospect Watch, where I do some deep dives on uh, on certain positions. Uh, I'm not sure which position group I'm doing next, but uh, it should be coming within the next couple of weeks. So just look out for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jake. Yep. Uh... Feel free to reach out on Twitter. I am very active, happy to discuss anything football uh, at Real Jake Vogel. We do lots of Twitter spaces, um, you know, very frequently. I'll be on there. Matt's on there all the time. All the time. Chris hops, Chris hops on. Uh, so we'll talk about NFL draft. We'll talk about just the Ravens. We'll talk about um, college football in general, you know, anything that you can think of. Uh, and you get a lot of, uh, good perspectives you know some people that are you know over here and other people that are um, completely on the other end of the spectrum you know regarding a player coaching um, you can you name it so um, definitely hit me up on there all right Vic oh uh, yeah so um you know um and yeah anything pack 12 I usually throw out little names people you know find the little gems from small schools from the mountain west and anything like that right now. So I'm just trying to just give a shout out to these little small school players and to give them so much love. All right. Yeah. And like I said, you guys can uh, reach me on Twitter. Hey, has the truth. Um, we got another um, podcast, Sports Freak Podcast. This is Sports Freak University. So we have the Sport Freak, Sports Freak Podcast. You can check us out on YouTube, uh, 
and Spotify and Apple and all of that. Um, you know, me, Gina, shout out to Gina, Javon, Isaiah. Shout out to my boy Isaiah. He just had his baby last night, a little baby girl. They just had a baby last night. So shout out to them. Um, and my boy Ennis, uh, our resident Miami Dolphins fan. So if you if you want to, you know, you like NFL news and and uh and conversation, you know, definitely check that podcast out. Um, but yeah, y'all, until next week, man. We appreciate you guys. Like I said, again, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn those notifications on because we're going to be coming with the content early and often. So until next week, we out. Peace.